TRB Live. I'm John. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday evening, or if you're listening to your favorite podcast app. Either way, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Resistance Broadcast. With me, as always, is James Bainey and Lacey Gillerin, and we are here to talk about more swirling reports about that upcoming Ray Star Wars movie and a bunch of other bits uh that have come out of uh jeff snyder once again he seems to be the one dialed in to all the star wars news and he's been right almost every time so i'm assuming at this point his source is either dave filoni or kathleen kennedy that's what i'm (laughs) concluding but um be sure to catch uh jeff snyder on john roca our buddy john roca's channel um and that's we're talking about a lot of his stories today so there's that uh hat tip but how you guys doing uh did you guys see that well before i get into that to to the audience first of all if you're joining us live thank you so much uh no ask the resistance tonight uh lacy is going to be pumped because it is the return of resistance transmissions it is back uh very excited to get into that uh make sure you do like the videos follow us subscribe all that stuff whether it's youtube or your favorite podcast app Keep rating us five stars if you can. And if you're on social media and you're watching us live, please share it so people who know you that like Star Wars can hop in the base right now and party with us as we talk about the latest Star Wars news. But uh, James and Lacey, Godzilla, minus one director, screened the film at Lucasfilm. And he had previously said something about the fact that he would love to play in the galaxy of Star Wars. Um, I haven't seen that movie yet, but I hear nothing but great things. And to... For people to praise and laud a Godzilla movie uh, means that they're, they're really onto something because they've made a billion of these movies and I've never heard praise for a Godzilla movie like this. Have you guys seen Godzilla Minus One yet? Do you have any interest in it? Uh, what are your thoughts about him also hopping over to Lucasfilm for, for a screening for the biggest Godzilla fanboy of all, Dave Filoni? It's interesting because... Um, you're right that I have heard a lot of praise for the movie and that he, you know, he spoke up about it, but like we do, we, we don't ever really hear about people getting the opportunity to go and screen a film at Lucasfilm. I mean, I don't know how often that is, but this feels very obscure that this would happen. It has not happened with like Ryan Johnson seen at Lucasfilm screening, uh, knives out, you know, or glass onion or something, you know what I mean? Maybe it happens more often, and and that's why people are drawing the line here, or um, you know that like red yarn <laughs> kind of thing. They, they changed the locks. Ryan Johnson wanted to, but he couldn't do <laughs> yeah, it that's true. Um, but uh, but I don't know. I think I think like right now, what we should do with this person is keep him in the back pocket. Like he did do an amazing job, and and the way he's been talking about the movie, he's been going on podcasts and um, uh, other YouTube channels and things like that. He's very hands on. There's all this stuff about him, like going, um, like oh, the scenes weren't going to get done, so I went home and did an all nighter, and I did all the effects myself for these for some of these scenes, and so he's like extremely hands on. I just I I think we should wait and see what this person's career uh, turns into, um, instead of just being like, "Hey, you did this one really amazing thing. Let's offer you a, a Star Wars movie, and then it falls apart in a couple of years." You know? Yeah. But I've not seen the movie, and I I do want to see it for the exact reason. Like everybody's <laughs> just like this, and it looks it looks cool. You know, it like, does. That's a cool looking Godzilla. Yeah. What What do you think? 
I haven't seen it either. I've heard amazing things all online. It's like whatever. It's like all everybody talks about. Um, I think it's kind of cool that Dave Filoni is the one that invited him there. Um, just because anybody that's involved in Lucasfilm, whether it be Dave Filoni or like John Knoll or, uh, you know, anybody, when they invite someone there to show their work, you know, they're at a level of like untouchable genius <laughs> because if they're asking you to come show it to other people, like that's such a cool uh, praise. He was also at the Emmys this past week um, and he stopped Harrison Ford to tell him how he loved him in Star Wars. So oh, wow, <laughs> this guy is like making the campaign for a Star Wars movie and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, discussions are happening, but I've heard amazing things about it and I can't wait to see it. I just haven't had the chance yet. Yeah, it's, vote with it's me. currently yeah, sitting at uh, 98 million. So it has not yeah. broken 100,000 yet. 100 million. I, I, I do it every single time. Every single time. Every single time. Uh, it's less million. than 15, so it's already made money, and it's only going to make more with this word of mouth. I'm not saying it's going to make a billion, but for a Godzilla movie, that's big stuff. Um, and yeah, so the director... Um, his name is Takashi Yamazaki. And I didn't know this until a, a couple months ago of how huge Dave Filoni might be a bigger Godzilla fan than Star Wars. Like he is a obsessed Godzilla fan. And I, I, I saw that on social media somewhere where like, before he was even working with George Lucas, he had this, you know, obsession and love for Godzilla. So mm -hmm. that could have just been it right there. Um, mm -hmm. But if you know you're the head of creative sort you're one of the heads of the creative executive team and this guy makes maybe what's going to go down as the best or one of the best Godzilla movies ever it could be a very simple smooth highway to him making something in Star Wars but uh a Jack Fish movie all I'm going to say was tossing You know out. what he's going to do? He's going to direct one or multiple episodes of Ahsoka or Jack Fish a Star Wars story. But for real <laughs> I think he's going to do Ahsoka because it's a Dave Filoni connection. It's a it's a stepping stone into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. So I think that makes sense. All right. Um, for those with us live, uh, Super Chats are available if you want your comment or question read on the show. We'll talk about it. Um, because just a reminder, no Ask the Resistance later because we are doing Resistance Transmission. So we'll see if the tweets you sent in about... Uh, New Year's resolutions will hold up. Um, <laughs> all right. We have a lot to get into on this show in the resistance report. So I, I mean, we could vote, but I say, let's just get into it. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. It's the resistance. The Ray movie. The Ray movie, the Ray movie. We keep talking about it. It keeps getting misquoted by the wrong title. But we have some more information about it coming from Jeff Schneider, which has been an ongoing good source for a lot of Star Wars news. And when he was on, uh, or when he did his um, big Star Wars dump, that's kind of like the, the biggest takeaway from everything is that he was clearing up some information about, uh, well, let's say clearing up some misinformation about uh, the Ray movie and how it was probably uh, not going to happen. Uh, Sean Levy, or not Sean Levy, uh, Stephen Knight was backing out. Uh, and it was in like, um, 
I don't know, that doomed zone of we never know when it's coming back. Uh, when, when the word delayed indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah. Comes up so, uh, but he clears that up. He says, no, it's absolutely happening. This is just how Star Wars rolls. You, you, you know, you write a script, you send it in, it gets messed up and they send it back and it keeps going for a while. Um, but not just that. Do, do we want to move from article to article, like section to section, or do we just want to kind of cover all this and jump around? Just talk about it, I think. Just talk, just go through it all. You know why? Because there's so many bits that weave into the other bits that we might as well just chat it out. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw it in there too. Jeff Snyder believes that Mando and Grogu probably come in, is the May 2026 movie um, and that the... Daisy Ridley movie would then be December of 2026 um, later throwing out that if there is a shakeup with the director um, Sean Levy sort of on call to maybe step in as director for that movie but his movie is also sort of rumored to have Ray in it too so we could talk about maybe that's the same thing or what's going on with that um, and uh, that there was what else is here uh, there's a there's uh, the James Mangold movie is still uh, moving forward. They're looking at December of 2027. So that would be the movie after Rays. And then that gives Dave Filoni enough time to finish up Ahsoka season two and move into uh, his movie by sometime in 2028. So that wraps up uh, May 2026, uh, December 2026, 2027 for Mangold, 2028 for Dave Filoni. Um and no word from any of the other directors, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what Jeff Snyder says today. So I think that's uh, mainly it. Did I miss anything, John, that that you? Uh, well, he talked about her payday and that, and that sort of stuff. I'm oh, not that's that right. Yep. I'm not that interested in that. But apparently he hinted that um, that could lure other uh, names back out into the galaxy. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't get into specifics, but I assume he means Oscar Isaac and John Boyega. Not Adam Driver. I think Adam Driver yeah. means what he says, but and we should mention it too. Twelve point five million was the paycheck that they they dropped. I don't actually know. Is that a lot or is that a little? It seems like a lot for me. I, take but it. I don't know in the yeah. world of. She movies. was only paid a hundred thousand dollars for her first TFA. Well, there you go. And then, well, <laughs> Snyder said she got paid twelve point five for Rise of Skywalker, and they're like meeting that just as the launching point for this one. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think this is one of those things where we need to like, oh, your turn, your turn, your turn. I think, I'm, I mean, there's so much yeah. here to talk about. Like, <clears throat> first of all, I'm glad that multiple um, reliable reports and sources are saying that, you know, any rumors about this being delayed, let alone indefinitely delayed, which was the first tag applied to Rogue Squadron, if you remember. Like, that is the death nail. That That's like, that's saying a movie's not happening without saying it's not happening. It's like a little safety net for reporters to say it's delayed in, indefinitely because mm-hmm. in case it ever is made, people can't come back at them, I guess. But mm-hmm. he makes good points about a lot of this stuff. The one thing that really threw me for a loop was the Sean Levy element in that, you know, could Ray pop in there? And, you know, th- there is that element of the fact that Lindelof wanted to do an older Ray. So is that now what Sean Levy's going to do? When they say race could, could pop into two movies, it doesn't necessarily mean it's Daisy Ridley. Um, but the fact that they're putting a lot of their chips into Ray, I think, is really cool because I think she is the future. And 
I keep saying this, like the little kids who are watching TFA at five years old in their first big movie experience on December 18th, 2015, we'll have an opportunity on December 18th, 2026, exactly 11 years later to be back in the theater as teenagers watching their Luke Skywalker on the screen. I think it's a big move. I think it's a bold move. I think they had to do it too, though, um, because I do think there is... When I think of Lucasfilm and like when they put these ideas out there, I do feel like there's a lot of second guessing and not a like a hundred percent fortitude and confidence. I feel like there is doubt because they've taken some hits with a lot of these productions stumbling and directors firing or leaving and stuff. So then, the, my last point before I want you guys to hop in is, <laughs> you know, if this director leaves or something happens. Because it's, you know, the, the snowball barreling down the mountain is picking up too much steam, even though a lot of this is out of context. It wouldn't surprise me. It's not like if a Lucasfilm director left a movie, would any of us even like think twice about it? Or would be like, oh, okay. Whereas like 10 years ago, it'd be like, what? What happened? JJ? Left? I don't know. I feel like I would be that way, especially with this one, just because she was on stage at Celebration talking about how this That's movie is so important. Yeah. And yeah. she's done so many interviews about it. And they've made such a stance about her being the director specifically that it would be a big deal if she peaced out. Just like it was a big deal when Patty peaced out because they did that video with Patty. Like it was such oh my God. A, a jarring yeah. thing to be like, yeah, it's done. Because yeah. that like really cool Top Gun-ish video that she did got people really hyped. So they kind of feel like they've been lied to. I know I do a little bit. And still the Ryan Johnson thing too, still. They they still haven't said that's not happening. And they had big, did this big announcement about his trilogy. I agree. But I feel like that's a different level for me only because it was put in writing. And it wasn't necessarily a main stage panel at Celebration announcement yeah. or a big video. That was probably going to be a celebration announcement, but celebration got canceled because of COVID. So I feel like if they had canceled her being the director, that would be a big deal, especially with who she got replaced with. Because as we know, with Lord and Miller, like they're still bitter. So I can only imagine that this would not end well. Yeah. Yeah. Because they also were brought out at celebration to talk about Han Solo in 2016 at celebration. Well, what, what do you think about? You know, because there was the assumption that this would be the first movie, the Ray movie, because first of all, the Mandalorian movie wasn't a thing. And this mm -hmm. was the only movie that felt like it already had some uh, development going on. Mm -hmm. I like that this is moving to Christmas time because it is going to, it's again, literally the same day, 11 years later, but recapture that feeling, which is always just this warm, positive, good feeling. Uh, I think that's the right move, actually. What do you guys think about? Lisa, what do you think about uh, Christmas time, the return of Ray, better than May? Yeah, because I think that's a going to be a main Star Wars movie with like the intro and everything, um, kind of tied more to the franchise itself, like that main storyline compared to the Mandalorian, which is this offshoot series that has obviously weaving in ties here and there. They have Luke Skywalker and stuff, but. Um, I think that makes sense more in the summer because it's more of a summer blockbuster, I would say, than Star Wars, which has become the December movie. Whereas The Mandalorian, and like that could go next to The Avengers in the box office lineup, and people now know The Mandalorian in a way that they didn't before. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I don't know that I like the idea of May at all, though. 
I'm a little nervous about it too, just because of the solo stuff. I think Disney's trying to make money. Let's be honest. I think Disney, because of the strikes, was freaking out, and they were like, "We need a movies ASAP," and they were like, "Let's do the Mandalorian." People like that. <laughs> I feel like they keep choosing May. Um, not that it's a bad choice, but I think they keep choosing May because a the original Star Wars movies were released in May, so it makes people happy. But I I feel like we're all like over that. We don't really care when it comes out. Um, I mean, I'm we sure probably Disney actually care, care that, that it comes yeah. out in December. That's probably the one thing that we care about now. The other thing about May though is I feel like there's an argument for like the the two biggest months for the biggest box office movies are either May or December. December's got to be I one of them. I think Disney's always put out their biggest movies in May. Like Avengers Endgame was May. Right, but also like Avatar and stuff have always been December. Deadpool yeah. is May. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe yeah, so maybe it, maybe it's a Hollywood precedent thing. Like that's like the beginning of the box office season or the big like summer. Well, so it's they, two opposite ends of the year. You know, it's it's as far away as you can get before you're getting closer again. You know, it's this that six month, seven month stretch between those releases. You know, makes sense. I'm surprised yeah. that they're doing two Star Wars movies in a year because of what that's that what movie. I'm also afraid of. Yeah, I'm afraid of Mando and Mando and Grogu moving to December, and mm. then them pushing Ray back to December 2027. Yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting. What do you do? You guys think uh, it's gonna be a return of the other actors? Like he, the Snyder's hinting that you know the money might lure others back. I yes. still think I, I think Boyega is definitely coming back. I I think Oscar is too because he's changed his tune recently. You think yeah. so? Yeah, he said mm. he would be willing to, depending on the story, aka the paycheck. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. After I love when people say that. Oh, too. it's the story. No, it's the money. Let's be honest. That's that money. clip of him talking about if he needs another house is coming back if that happens. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not just saying this about him. I'm saying about all actors. I feel like yeah. that's a throwaway comment. Like, oh, if the story is good, it depends. If they're paying you buckets of money, I don't care what the story is. People are going to do it. That's Harrison Ford. Why'd you come back? They paid me. Yeah. <laughs> He got fifty million for the Force Awakens. Did he? Like that's yeah. He got way above everybody else. He got As he paid, and he got a new Indiana Jones movie. He was like, "I want it paid. I want to get paid, and I want a new Indiana Jones." And they were like, "Okay, man." So he got paid twice. <laughs> the most paid actor in a movie is Robert Downey Jr. Right? It was one hundred and eighty for Avengers. Well, that's because they didn't sign a good contract and they didn't realize how popular uh, Iron Man was going to be. So then when they got to a point that he was re-upping his contract, he's like, uh, pay me. And then they got in trouble because they were like, oh, no, now we have to pay him a lot. So now why? that's why you'll see a lot of people get three-year contracts, four-year contracts, because they don't want to get into a Robert Downey Jr. situation where they pay him so much in the beginning and then they have to re-up and then owe him $80 million. It's usually based on movie, though, isn't it? It's like six movie, six appearance contract. It, the appearance contract didn't used to be what it is now. And Robert That's Downey Jr. is the one that kind of changed that because they were like, right. hey, we need you for multiple movies. He's like, okay, well, you're going to pay me. And they were like, yeah. oh, no. So, so when people I stand be... to Marvel now, they they sign for like, you know, 10 appearances and that'll well, vary. But... It also happened with Rogue One. Felicity signed for three movies. 
Diego mm-hmm. signed for three movies. Han Solo Alden sound, signed for three movies. Like they oh. just do it as like a blanket statement yeah, now. Um, well, I, that's not but unheard Ray, of. I mean, we did that in the music industry too. It was you when you signed to a label, you signed for one or two with options, and the, it was up to the label whether they were going to keep you or not. So that whole that concept of like you're signing for a period of however many releases you put out is not that crazy. That's why when the uh, stuff with um, Rogue One and Felicity Jones came out. I was like, oh, that that makes sense. Like, I understand where they're coming from. They signed her for multiple movies, but it's good it was have. just funny yeah. because <laughs> how that movie ends. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think it's crazy that Daisy's getting paid $12.5 million because that's what she got paid previously. But I also, from what I've seen online, I don't know if this is true, it might be a rumor, is that she's signing on for possible multiple movies and then also for them to use her likeness indefinitely. Like Carrie Fisher totally. said. <laughs> I'm a shampoo bottle and the people pop my head off for the rest of my life. I um, think if I was guessing, I would say it's she's signing for one with three, but maybe up to five movies. And then the big one would be likeness forever. Yeah, that'd be that would be tough. But I think that she's probably already come to terms with how that would be okay for her career in the long run. It's it's definitely a, a good thing for Daisy Ridley. Obviously, um, she wants to be back. She seems excited with what they're doing. Um, I have only seen one of her movies, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, outside of Star Wars. And I thought she was good in that. It was a small supporting role. Um, she's not lighting up box offices by any means um, yet. So to come back and get 12.5 as your launching point uh, with more movies to go, um, I'm happy for her. I think that's Seeing really as great. her net worth is nine, she's doing pretty well. Pretty <laughs> Pretty, pretty. That good. hasn't been updated yet. <laughs> it will yeah. be soon, probably. Well, so, it was updated as of November 2023. So, right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I I like the December. Uh, I think that's where they should be. Um. I what I'm scratching my head in uh, about now is that as you see this calendar and it's like all right, then Mangold's getting Christmas 2027 with his you know Ten Commandments of the Force movie. Uh, and then Filoni can, you know, get his ready for 2028. Then you start wondering, like, they're either going to do two movies a year or some of these other movies just aren't going to happen. Or, uh, you know, is the Lando movie going to be made for Disney Plus? I don't think so. So uh, it's that I'm wondering about. Like, there's so many other people like we're talking about Sean Levy. His name is not attached to any of these dates. So he's sitting here talking about how he's got this movie and Ray might be involved in the Sean Levy movie, which Lucasfilm still hasn't announced yet. So when's that movie coming? When's the Lando movie coming? Taika, like, uh, maybe that's just not happening anymore. I don't know. And then, of course, Ryan Johnson has not officially been canceled yet with his trilogy of movies. Uh, So are we talking about, like, 2032 when Taika Waititi's... uh, you know, I don't know. His movie's coming out. I don't know. It's. I think crazy. they've shuffled up the whole calendar of things that we knew over the summer. As soon as those strikes kept going longer and longer, I think they've shuffled everything around and we just don't know it yet. Because what we got at the beginning of the year with mm-hmm. Celebration, it's probably different than what we're getting now. Yeah, that's why a lot of people think the Mando movie's happening is because of the strikes. Um, you know, and, and 
the delays. It's quicker and easier to shoot a whole movie than it is to shoot a show, I bet. Yeah, because it was a year ago. I think it was like, when did Lindelof get fired or whatever? March last year? Something like that? It was like right around before Celebration, right? It was February, Mm. yeah. Yeah, February. So we're almost at a year removed from that. And Stephen Knight is still drafting a script. Lindelof that was had May. his script. So we he was just, drafting it in May that he yeah, had said, oh, I'm yeah. drafting it, it unless it goes on strike. And it went on strike. Right. So so we yeah. we deleted a, a whole year off the calendar. So so the movie, you know, not being the first to come out now makes sense. I think mm-hmm. all of that because of the strikes, because they lost a whole year on the on the development of this Ray movie that Kathleen Kennedy's like, John, what do you think about directing the Mandalorian on the big screen? And he's like, all right. Sounds good to me. Do I have to leave California? And she's like, uh, well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> the know? Mandalorian and Grogu sounds like a higher up decision, higher than Kathleen. You think yeah. so? To be honest. Yes. I think it's the Bob Iger like, hey, we need something big. Don't people like the Mandalorian? Let's do this. Mm. That's what it sounds like to me. It totally sounds like an upper management big decision that then trickling down to Kathleen and then trickling down to creative and then, hey, they're doing this movie. Yeah. Because when they announced that, I was like, this is just money. Like this, that's what it's like the money, (laughs) the money in Grogu is what the the movie should be titled. I think, I think they just were like, what's the fastest way that we can just like solidify our theatrical release? And they're like Mandalorian. We already know how to produce it, exactly what's going on. They've already been working on where the story's going so we can rework that into a movie. It all just seemed like it was a big way to just move things forward quickly and easily and start off with a bang. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's, I mean, I've said it, I don't think it's necessarily the best decision, but what is interesting about the directors that we were talking about a minute ago with the Taika Waititi and, and Ryan Johnson and all that other stuff too, is they, they are, in my opinion, sort of up against the clock on when Kathleen Kennedy is going to step down. She eventually will. And when somebody comes in, they're going to want to change things up and they're going to be looking at the movies that have already been announced and are very on their way, the Mangolds and the Dave Filoni's. And they're going to say, well, these things have to happen. What's going on? What, who's on the line for all these other people? Taika Waititi. He's been working on it for seven years. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting new directors in. I'm the new president of this company and I'm bringing yeah, but not, change. Not if, not if Lacey's theory is true and Disney is just micromanaging and taking over everything like that could happen too. They, they could not hire a new president for Lucasfilm and keep it as a studio because the branding is legacy. It's important. It's status. It's tied to George Lucas. I don't think they'll ever vanquish Lucasfilm as a studio, but it might become a situation where like Lacey's saying, where Disney's like, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And you're going to do that. You can hire your writers and stuff, but this is what we want you to do. If that's the case, mm. then there is no new president coming in to be like, I'm calling the shots now at Lucasfilm. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking, Lacey? I thought you were saying you just thought this one off thing was like uh, somebody somebody said, you got to get in front of this <laughs> Investor's Day camera and announce all your movies. And they're like, we don't want to do it. And they're like, sorry, we're Disney. Do it. More I along think, those lines. Well, I was talking about Mandalorian, but if you're talking about like Investor Day, then I think that was I, definitely someone said that they should make those announcements, Kevin Feige and Kathleen. Right. I, think they both I was using that like, as an example of Disney just saying like, we, we don't care what you're wanting to do this. You have to do this thing. And that would be equivalent to the Mando and Grogu movie. Is that what you're 100%. saying? hundred percent. They That's, just came down on this one thing. They're not like looking to take over the company. I think Disney's making a lot of the choices for Lucasfilm. 
I think they started doing that a while ago when I worked at Reed Pop and Disney was starting to take over stuff over Lucasfilm. It was very much that attitude. It was, we're Disney. This is how we do things. This is how you have to do it. Because when I started there, I was doing things much differently for social media, for celebration. And then when Disney came in, they had all these protocols and procedures and ways they, they, they did things that they wouldn't let you talk about characters certain ways. They wouldn't let, you know, the big thing was they were trying to make uh, Darth Vader more of a villain. They'd kind of made him into a joke over the years. So like Disney was like, no, he's a bad guy. He's a very bad guy. He's evil. So he only can be seen as evil. It can't be jokey. It can't be like, oh, look how funny this is. Like Star Wars weekends. It has to be very serious. Um, Which is, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. So I'm just going off of my own personal experience of working in that situation with Disney and knowing how they operate, as well as being in a corporate position like my whole career. And just knowing that time and time again, I've been pulled into meetings where they're like, oh, the, you know, the VP said that he wants blank. And it has nothing to do with what the plan is for the whole year. And they can just change their mind last minute that they're like, hey, actually, you know, we've changed trajectory. We're going to focus on blank product. And you're like, we haven't even talked about this product at all. And they're like, well, this is our big money maker. So forget all the stuff you've been working on. We're working on this. And that's the experience I'm speaking from that I think that this is what the Mandalorian Grogu was. I think it was they had a plan. They were like, okay, we're doing this. Hooray, Taika, all the stuff. And then someone came down during the strikes and was like, we're losing buckets of money. We need something that's going to make money, be quick to turn around. What do we have? And they're like, Mandalorian? And they're like, sounds great. Do the Mandalorian. Well, and also, if di- I think I agree with you. But also, I think the performance of Disney Plus is a big factor, too. I think sure. If and I'm not Plus saying it's not a good story. I want to make that clear. I'm not saying the Mandalorian isn't good. I I I think that Dave and John have an awesome story that they're working on. I just think that they've pushed this into the the stage of the movies because <clears throat> they need to fill that slot with something that's going to deliver, and yeah. they know that the Mandalorian will. If if Disney Plus was still growing and doing gangbusters with subscribers and just crushing it, it'd be Mando season four and. I don't think we would get a Mandalorian movie. I think they would just give yeah, Di- right. give Disney the May date for another, you know, whatever, and kick off Star Wars with Ray in Christmas 2026. They were coming back to the movies. But they had the slot. We lost an entire year in the development of the Ray movie. So it all sort of fell together with the strikes. Everything with this, uh, this perfect storm of like this Mando movie thing to slot into the May thing. So I'd be shocked if that May 2026 is not the Mandalorian movie. I think that's where we're all a bit leaning toward. Um, so I and, and I'm, I am excited for because I'm a huge John Favreau fan. But uh, Lacey, I do see we have a couple of super chats to, we to spice do. up the conversation a bit here. So first we have Matt Lawless. Thank you so much. How's it going? He mm-hmm. said, hey, TRB, when will they announce TV show release dates? We need something to look forward to. And he put the little laughing face with the sweat like, <laughs> I love that emoji. <laughs> I use that a lot. <laughs> that and upside down smiley face are like my two go-tos. And mm. the wink tongue. Mm. My emojis. I like this Um, guy. Oh, the pondering guy. <laughs> and then the one where it's like the mouth is like, Ooh, ooh, I don't know. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, John, what do you think? Do you think they're going to uh, announce show release dates? Because they haven't so far. They've announced what's coming this year, but they haven't announced time frame. Yeah, I mean, if there's two shows coming, I think we are Two live all, action. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then Bad Batch. Um, everyone keep every day people are like, Where's the Bad Batch trailer? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll come out, I'm sure. Uh but for Acolyte and Skeleton Crew, I still believe that it's gonna be Acolyte first. Summer, May, and then uh Skeleton Crew Thanksgiving holiday season time um to wrap up the year. When are they gonna announce it? I f- you tell me, Matt. I don't know, man. Like, you never know. Sometimes it's this big thing. Sometimes it gets reported by a trade and then Lucasfilm hits published on their draft that they've had saved forever. Uh, and sometimes they just put out, you know, Dan Brooks fires off an article and, and booms us. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I'm not worried about it. For some reason, mm-hmm. I used to like really be like, when is that coming out? But now I don't know if it's because I got two kids and I'm just busy and like every day flies by. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're getting two Star Wars movies this year and I'm excited for it. But I'm not as like, when's it coming out as much? And that could also be because we're getting like details on movies, which is helping me. Like if there if it was two years ago or three years ago and there were no like movies really on the horizon and it's just Andor's coming out. And then this show's coming out. Then maybe I'd probably be a bit more feverish about the details. But I think, and this is why I love when they're doing movies, it's a little more chill when it comes to the other stuff. James, what do you think? Well, my go-to has been, I think, fairly correct in the past, which is the first trailer and the first like announcement for the shows comes six weeks before the show comes out. Um. But it might they they might start going a little earlier. They might go like nine weeks. Um, but I I'm saying I've said skeleton crew first and then acolyte in the fall or even winter, heading into winter. Um but I I think that skeleton crew might not even be till summertime. So I'm I'm expecting the the first trailers and announcements for these shows way later in the year, like May or April. I don't, I mean, I hear you. I don't think they're going to put out a kid show in the summer when kids are more outside and doing things and they're targeting kids, but you could be right. I think they're doing Acolyte in May. I said that. I think they're doing May the 4th. I think that's going to be Acolyte. And I think Christmas time, Ooh, May the 4th. holiday time for Skeleton Crew, I think not just because that's the time that makes sense in the calendar, but because also um, John Favreau and the people involved have said that it's very like Goonies-esque children, stuff like that. And those type of, of adventures have always come out around Thanksgiving holiday time, like Harry Potter, all those kinds of things is like when families get together. So if yeah. they're wanting this to be a family film or, if, or not a film, family That's, show, yeah. they're going to put it out during a time when families are all gathering together. Yeah, I agree. To watch stuff. And eight episodes. Uh, so if they mm-hmm. do like two on the first day, then you get six more weeks after that. That brings you right to the end of the year. Yeah. Well, thank you, Matt. Appreciate the super chat. So then we get into, of course... Our boy Freezy with his, I'm so jealous, his Mark Hamill picture. Wouldn't be a show without you, Freezy. He said, TRB, would would you be cool with Ray turning to the dark side? And how likely do you think that is to happen? James, would you be cool with it? Um, oh, well, first of all, I don't think it's very likely to happen. Um, 
because I think that they toyed with that idea <laughs> with Luke and it didn't go over very well. So I think if they were going to craft Ray into an iconic character, they're probably going to model her after Luke. So at this point, I would say that they, they never play around with that. But I, I, it's, it's up to a director. If a director or writer or whatever, like if they come in and they're like, I have this story, I don't know that if it's a good story, I don't know that Lucasfilm is going to turn it down just because they have this idea of what they think Ray should be. But they have this great script in front of them. But, but then again, time and time again, they we've seen how that goes. Great, great people down because <laughs> they have this food. Yeah. So I, I'm sticking with my main point. I don't think they'll ever turn her because they're trying to model her after Luke and because that's their big Jedi, you know. Yeah, I don't think they're going to turn her to the dark side. They already kind of did that in The Rise of Skywalker where they had her see like what she would have been if she went to the dark side. The whole point of The Rise of Skywalker is, you know, from her lineage, she should have been dark side and she chose not to be. Her conscious decision and choice was to be good. Um, So, yeah, no. I think they've done that and I think it would be really lame to go back to that again. Um, So I I don't think it's likely to happen at all. I also don't think anybody wants to see Rey do that because... We've already seen that happen to so many characters. How many times are they going to do dark side redemption type stuff? I don't know. It seems kind right. of right. They're doing it again. <laughs> I'm with that totally. Uh, you know, for so many reasons. One, you know, again, back to like the little kids who dress up as Ray and like she's their new hero. Uh, that would be just like devastating from that perspective. She is definitely the new Luke Skywalker. So I agree with that point. Um, and yeah, it would uh, it would just reverse everything she stood for and did in the rise of Skywalker, which is rejecting that. So Lacey, I'm with you on that. So I, I would say, I'll say this freezy. I think there is no chance whatsoever that Ray will turn to the dark side, uh, in the next movie or any movie. And I don't even think it's going to be the thing they flirt with. Cause that again, they already did that. And she got past that. She, she leaped that hurdle and stayed good. And I think, we are a safe bet that that's going to remain that way. You know, Ray Skywalker, she chose that name to honor Luke and Leia. The last thing they're going to do is make her turn bad. And it is stale. I agree. I, I, I'm tired of the whole good turns bad, has to turn good again thing. Uh, yeah, I think there's literally zero chance Ray's turning to the dark side. Zero. <laughs> I, w- I would bet I'll do five pies to the face if Ray turns <laughs> to the dark side. Uh, from who? That's all debatable stuff. We're going to walk out of a movie and you're going to be like, no, she didn't. And other people are going to be like, no. yes, she did. You know why? You know why? It, it, they won't even sniff it. It won't even come close to anything that would mirror it. So yeah, five people pie me in the face. I don't, if, if I'm right, I don't hit anybody. I'm just putting it all out there. Five pies to the face of Racer turns to the dark side. Well, we do have another super chat from Gareth. Thank you, Gareth. Uh, welcome. You. We're excited to have you. Uh, he said, what's up, TRB? Any chance of seeing new Force abilities in the upcoming Ray film? Or do you believe that they will expand on what we have? I feel like they have to add something new every movie. Gotta collect them all. I added that last part for audio people. <laughs> uh, John, what did you think? N- new Force abilities? Uh, yeah, I think so. And it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be Ray. 
Um, I think it'd be cool if, you know, if she is doing this new school or whatever. I, you know, it's, I can't even say <laughs> new Jedi order. Just like, it's such a boring thing to like I roll hate off that the title. Tongue. I really uh, do. It's the, it can't be the title. It can't be. Yeah, I don't like it. Uh, or knee Jedi order. Either one. Horrible. Um, but I, I could see maybe a new student to like this prodigal, you know, new student having these new powers. Uh, we've already seen Grogu have new powers. Like if, if he's still around, maybe he, you know, exponentially develops his skills. Uh, it could be anything, you know, what if Finn is back and all of a sudden he unlocks something that they have a blank canvas. I, I would be upset if we didn't see something new with the force in these next series of movies, they have to give us something new. And, you know, we haven't gotten any details have been very vague comments, but Daisy Ridley said they're, I was surprised at the direction they're taking it in, but I'm very excited that we're doing something different. I'm paraphrasing, but it was along those lines. Um, and I think that could very well have to do with the force and I'm excited to see it. And also there could be, you know, not a, a Sith element, but there could be an antagonist who knows how to manipulate the force in ways we haven't seen before. So I'm hoping yes, uh, I think they will, and I'll be disappointed if they don't, if it's just the, you know, the same old rigmarole of force abilities. James? I don't I don't think I would be disappointed if I had a great movie and they did other crazy things that were new and inventive and creative. But when you think back on the film, you're like, oh, yeah, I guess they only really use like, you know, force push and a couple other of the basic force things. Still a good movie. You know what I mean? I don't think I'd be disappointed. But I do think this is just one of those things that like young directors and writers like dream of. They're like, if they get the opportunity to write a Star Wars movie, it's like they want to create cool lasting characters that like they want to bring in new ideas and new concepts. And part of that, a part of the ability to, <laughs> part of the benefit of being in the position that they're in is the ability to write new lore for the force, which is this crazy thing. Mm -hmm. So I'd just be very surprised um, if you didn't see um, them come up with something creative just so that the, the director or the writer's legacy or whatever is not just like, um, yeah, you know, like a force teleport. I invented that. Like I, I wrote that that exists now because of me. So, yeah. Yeah, I kind of view it a little bit like X-Men where they all have their different powers and abilities. I feel like the Force could be something like that, which would make it really cool. I mean, every Jedi, as we've seen so far, has certain things that they're good at compared to others. So I don't know why that wouldn't also range in abilities themselves. We've unlocked a bunch of new things in the sequel trilogy that like, we're just getting the surface level, level glimpse of with Rey and with Kylo. So... I don't know. I just feel like there's so much out there that they could end up doing that it'd be really cool if they did add something every movie or we saw something new with different people. Because um, then it also like levels the playing field, so to speak, because someone could be really good at one ability but terrible at another, whereas someone's really good at that thing that they're bad at. So then it creates some kind of tension of like, oh, who's the person that's going to handle the situation the best? Um, so yeah, I think that'd be very cool. But yes, thank you. you so much for your super chat. Yeah, Just thank quickly. you everybody for the super chat. Mm -hmm. I went to Wikipedia and looked up force powers 
and they're uh, like the the way they organize it. There are 97 entries that includes canon and non-canon. So that means as of right now, in all of Star Wars, there are 97 things you can do in Star mm. Wars. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Really? Think about um, I wonder if Boyega does come back, which I I really think he is. What they're going to do with him because clearly JJ was going in the direction of you know he is force sensitive and if he works really hard at it he could become a great jedi um so i'm curious like what they can do things with finn that are different too mm-hmm. uh, which could, could also be interesting i'm not saying finn's gonna like turn evil and it's gonna be finn versus ray i think that'd be dumb um but it'd be cool to see like him because everyone was like saying like oh finn got robbed he should have been this and you know or people arguing the- he doesn't have powers i've heard that too and it drives me nuts that that when i walked out of the theater like you and i were looking at each other because it was like the movie was so fast and, i was overwhelmed uh, <laughs> i had to go i had to i had to go to the bathroom first that was the first thing but then once we started talking about it i was like i was talking to people and i was like how about finn with the force sensitivity they're like what yeah like, what do you mean what <laughs> People totally missed it. Yeah. (laughs) So then I was like, oh no, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. (laughs) Every time I walk out of these movies, I'm like, this is great. Everyone's going to love it. And then I talk to like two people. I'm like, oh no. Will they, John? Will they, John? (laughs) It's the optimist. I'm telling you. Anyway, I uh, I I will never forget. I walked out of the last Jedi and I was like, best Star Wars movie that's ever been made. I and I cannot believe the turmoil. That I came was out silent of that movie. for forty-five minutes. Forty-five I minutes. Told, I didn't say I anything. I got told I was going to burn in hell because I gave it a positive review when I wrote my review. Really? That's kind yeah. of yeah, yeah. I'll read the comments. They're still there, I'm sure. Um, mm. uh, all right. So, another, we have another story, right, James? Well, another quick one. Nice little positive, little quick story. Yeah, nice little way to to shake things up a little bit. Um, the last story for this week is about um, Andor wrapping up, right? Uh, so Diego Luna was at, um, that was at the Emmys, right? That this was? Yeah, I, he was on the red carpet talking about Andor. Yes. Yeah. Right, which was crazy, by the way. I think I looked it up. They were up for like seven awards or something. They didn't take any of them. Um, six or seven, something like that. But uh but they were he was asked about um the shooting of the show and and oh you're you're still working on it and he's like well yeah the writer strike all this happened but um, as soon as i'm done with this i'm going right back we're going to finish it up i've only got 7 days and as of us being live right now that was i think 3 days ago so there's only 4 more days left for diego luna which probably wraps the show because they were also talking about um a, a booked rap party and everything like that so it's probably going to happen um, in this next week that you're going to see a lot of those tweets from people and maybe even an official thing that says Andor has officially wrapped, Andor season two is officially wrapped shooting. But it's kind of interesting. What did you guys think of this, Lacey? Uh... I mean, it's pretty straightforward to me. I knew that they got delayed because of all the strikes and everything, especially because Tony Gilroy got directly called out by some writers being like, "Uh, why are you still working? Um, During the strike, he got called a scab. Um, So I'm not surprised that everything shut down. Second of all, um, we knew that they were getting back up and running and they couldn't, they were in the middle of it when it all happened. So they had to basically finish up. Um, So it's good to hear that it's still happening. 
I'm happy for Diego Luna. Uh, he did make me laugh on the red carpet because people were asking him about Pedro's uh, shoulder injury. And he goes, yeah, I don't know what the deal is, but I'm going to go get him drunk and find out. So that made me laugh <laughs> because <laughs> it's just Pedro seems to be BFFs with everybody. Um, and I'd love to see him, Oscar and Diego all together, like at a round table drunk talking about their lives. You know what? Yeah, that would be awesome to get like a good solid amount of Star Wars people together in a room to have like an actors on actors. Like imagine if it was Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, uh, you know, Ian McGregor, Hayden Christensen, you know what I mean? You're like, you just go around, you look around, you're like the man, all these people. Mm. I was even talking even further cause they all have a Spanish background. So I'd like love for them to do a round table where they're maybe talking Spanish in Spanish. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. With subtitles. Mm -hmm. I'd love that. I I'd love reading it. subtitles. <laughs> I'd watch it. Um, yeah, Andor. Uh, it's it's. We talk about all these production woes and stuff, and it's just you know it's one of those mm -hmm. rare Star Wars products outside of Favreau, who he's handled the Mandalorian very smoothly, considering they've filmed through pandemics and stuff. It's when the things go well that the people don't get the praise. It's just like, oh, that just happened. Okay, cool. And Andor is a big, fat, heavy show with lots of location shooting, lots of sets. And this dude's about to knock out the second half of 24 episodes of big time dramatic action television. And people are just like, oh, okay, it's wrapping. Cool. It's like this huge, it, it's a huge ordeal. It might be the one of the bigger achievements in Star Wars production because of the amount of hours that are being filmed. And it's not right. just being done inside a studio. They are going to different locations and places. Um, so I know, you know, Andor is not my favorite. I love that it is on our team. Like we have Andor to say like, look, we got Andor. You know, we got some prestige on Star Wars or whatever. It's not my favorite, but I love it for what it is. And I think it's great. Uh, so I, you know, I love Tony Gilroy and how candid he is and uh, sort of like he doesn't really care what people think. And I like that attitude. Um, I think it did. Hey, Lacey's right. Probably did get him in a little bit of trouble with the strike he stuff. He did get in trouble. Yeah. He walked it back. He walked it back and he, he corrected. Um, but I am I am very excited for what they've done. And you got to, if we're going to call out Lucasfilm and slam them when directors get fired or things get pushed and stuff, we have to also say, awesome job getting this guy in here and all of you together producing this massive amounts of hours of this program uh, that is a big undertaking to, to complete, especially during all these shaky times. So I'm very excited for the completion of Andor and I don't want to, I didn't want to spoil anything for anybody, but um, he, Andor survives the, the second season. I don't know if I didn't want to spoil that for people, but that's what happens for people interested. I went off on a rant about killing everyone uh, in fictional stories on our Patreon. So get ready for that. It's on its way <laughs> this coming week. Not like a separate video. Not like a, <laughs> like Lacey has five minutes and she just does this thing. No, it was in a, it was in our poll chat. I kept throwing little logs on the fire as she was going to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was one of your, that was a rant. That was a legitimate rant. You haven't had one of those in a while. 
I just hate that every writer's like, oh, I'm going to make my mark and kill this person. Oh, cool. Real creative. You're all killing everybody. Really nice. Oh, my God. It's you, not you don't watch whatsoever. Rogue One often, do you? <laughs> That's different. That was creative when it happened. And then everything after that was like, we should kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, hate it. They did. JJ killed Han first, though. JJ and Lawrence Kasdan killed Han before that. That's what started again, it all. Again, it made sense in the story. It yeah. wasn't Han like, hey, this first, character's story. <laughs> Not even that. It's like the story wasn't coming to an end that they were like, well, I don't want anybody to tell anything after this, so I'm going to kill them. The only way or to end I, this is to kill I them. I do agree with you in that is I think it I I feel like it would be harder to write a good story where the ending stands the test of time of the point is that they were successful and they lived uh, than it would be to stand the test of time where you have a story where they, the good ending is that they died. I think very rarely yeah. the good ending is the one where they died and everybody's like, that's exactly how it should have happened. Most good endings um, that people remember and for like years and years and years, we'll still talk about how good that movie was. They end in those characters surviving. I think. I can't remember one movie recently that I've watched that someone dies in the end that I'm like, that was really great. <laughs> I, because it doesn't it, end well. Like what? Never. Nobody yeah. wants to end the movie like that. Um, I don't know about recently. Away. I can name a cut. I mean, like the matrix ends with Neo dying, Batman ends with Batman. Actually, Batman doesn't end with Batman dying, which is unfortunate, but that's really like the tone of the story. That's the point of it. Um, I I don't, I mean, if, if it's good, it's good. Like I'm rarely swayed by like, oh, I loved it, but they killed that person. But I also understand people who, when they feel that way. So. Um, if it's a big enough point, and I bring this up all the time. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. If it's a big enough plot point that James Gunn is standing on Can San Diego Comic-Con stage saying, don't worry, I'm not going to kill them because it doesn't mean you have to kill people to end their story. Like, it's a known thing that recently, in the past decade, everybody's killing everybody at the end of their story and they don't have to die. You know, we didn't really talk about this, by the way. You know, Brian Ward brought this up in the chat. Thanks, Brian, which a couple other people brought this up too. So I apologize. A couple of people did mention this. The What If series that everybody's talking about that's rumored to be going, the Star Wars What If. We haven't really discussed that. I think it's a bad idea. I hope it's it not going to happen. I don't think it is either, but I know people have been discussing it. So as a point of Why discussion. Why would Lucasfilm do that just from a logical perspective? Like they already get dumped on for the choices they make. Why create something that will allow people to say that should have been canon. Uh, this should be canon. And then you erase that. Like it, it just you're opening the biggest can of space worms possible by making this well, that the, the juice ain't worth the squeeze, folks. Not enough people are going to watch it. It's, it's going to be a very niche thing. Like Star Wars Twitter isn't like all of fandom like there are people be like, oh yeah what if all right like i get that I, right. I i understand that because you can do anything like when i tell my son here's a piece of paper draw whatever you want he's like oh this is amazing but 
we're gonna th- like it, it. It would be so. I really think it would be like awful for for fandom and for Lucasfilm, and it's just not worth it. I I agree. I don't think they're gonna make it. I don't necessarily. I'm the devil's advocate of that. To me, is like if you have fans that are mad that they never got to see X and Y or something, or it should have been like this, then I almost see that that could be sort of a cathartic like outlet for that is like, Hey, we know you're really interested in these stories and we're going to push like, and we're going to show you like, what if those endings did happen, you know, and, and it could be cool, could be bad. It'll be kind of a fun just, but just know that it's not Canon. That is the main reason I don't think it's going to happen because Marvel is doing it. What if, and the, what if series is possible in Marvel because they have all these different universes and timelines and other things like that. So not only is it just logical from that sense, but if you're watching what if, and you get to the end, you realize all that stuff sort of is Canon and it's like, and they've already told those stories. There's been so many comic books, right? Yeah. 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 They're kind of like uh, able to kind of bring that to live action or not live action, but you know what I mean? Like uh, motion, the entire expanded universe can happen in star Wars is a what if, and it's always been a what if. <laughs> yeah. It's never been canon and it exists. You can watch Chewie get a buzz cut and, and get be killed, killed by, by moon. the moon. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Lacey, if I'm repeating myself. <laughs> Speaking of repeating myself, I'm going to circle back really quick because Matt says in the comments, sacrificing yourself for the cause is usually a solid way to endear yourself and become a hero. Yes, Matt. However, when every single character is sacrificing themselves to become a hero, it seems a little less special. That's my best friend. I know. I know, Matt. Hey, Matt, what's up? Happy New Year. <laughs> what's up, dude? <laughs> well, I pulled up earlier a, a list of movies where the main character dies, and I was going to like name off the ones that were like pretty significant. And then I was like, you know what? Let's not do that. <laughs> I named <laughs> them in the poll chat, so giddy up. She, Get ready. Beware if you are a patron and you're watching the poll chat one. There are... Uh, I would say maybe five movies that were named five. Like That's endings. just off the top of my head. Lacey, are you to close this out? Are you a little nervous now that now that I've converted you into a massive Top Gun fan? Are you a little nervous oh that I'm so they're going to kill Maverick in Top Gun three? Can I tell you, I, I don't think I've ever been so angry than the think piece someone put out that they were like, Top Gun 2 is actually Tom Cruise's character's dead the whole time. And like, it's a <laughs> total dream. Oh my God. It's just so I dumb. have never been oh. so angry. Oh. I wanted to drive to that person's house just to politely knock on their door and tell them, you're an idiot. Yeah. Well, they they made their ten. I don't want to get arrested, so I'd politely well, so. lock on the door. But then I tell yeah. them they're maybe it. Then I get back in my car and leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! That so to answer your question, no, I'm not nervous because Tom Cruise likes happy endings and he's a movie star. So no. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about Mission Impossible. But I think though I think what they would probably do is they would probably Batman it. Like I said, I think Ethan Hunt would probably like die and be off the record, and that was it. And it's a sad ending. And it's like, oh man, that's the end of the series. And then as you're walking away, you like see him. And you're like, oh man. That's what I and wanted he, him to do with Ben he doesn't Solo. Die. I wanted him to die, but then not die. There's nothing worse in movies than when everything was all a dream, though. That's the worst. That's worse than I when said they... that in the poll shot too. Wait, go back. What did you say? Oh, Ben Solo. I said that Ben Solo died. So I to speak. missed Ben, and I was like, "What about Solo?" 
Like, no, I'm like no, trying no. to follow. Okay, I got you. In yeah. one of our first episodes I was ever on, we did pitches for episode nine. And my pitch was that at the end, he would die, so to speak, on screen, and everyone would think he was dead. And then Ray would then meet up with them later, and he would be not dead. Well, technically, oh he lives on through Ray because the dyad is one, and he gave her his life force for her to like come like come back to life. He conserved that life force by not talking for the last third of the movie. Yeah. He like saved all his energy, and then he gave, then it, to gave her, it to her Ray to just so die. His life again. force lives on through Ray. So, as Rajwan said, it's super hopeful to fans that he dies. I need to make a short film where that <laughs> ending is just even worse. And he's like, I'm still, her I'm still mad at Lacey if you're like calling my <laughs> Chewy getting killed by a moon thing out. Like I say that every episode or something. I'm very upset You do that. say it every episode. It's also, I think, also, I think you literally quote tweeted the tweet about what if and you're like, Chewy gets hit right. by a moon. And I was who, like, he just said who this. kills Chewy, first of all? <laughs> like the, the these sick people who make these movies where they, they kill the dog. Like, I don't watch those movies and he's the ultimate dog. Like, you don't kill Chewy. So it's a what if. This, and exactly and how you feel is how Lacey feels, except replace dog with hero or main character. He I'm is so a hero. What do you mean Chewy's a hero now? Danny in no, the chat I'm just saying, is saying like, that I'm triggering her with Ben's death. I'm so sorry, but I'm working through my own trauma. <laughs> well, can we, can we maybe solve it with a laugh? Do we want to do resistance yes. transmissions? Well, that was a tangent. Hope you stuck <laughs> yeah. with us there. Wait till you see this part topic. Part two. Right. This oh, topic's yeah, all about death. Technically, this was part one. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God! You should make one about death. We'll see what people say. All right, James, let's uh, fire it up for LG. All right, here it is. All right, guys, it's time for resistance transmissions. It's been a while since we've done this, like a real while, like a yeah. long time. Uh, but this is the first one for 2024, which is exciting. So, for those of you that are just tuning in or haven't tuned in for a bit, welcome back. Uh, this is where John puts up a crazy, wacky situation on Twitter and you guys give your answers. And I don't know what this situation is. I don't know what you said. And we read it on the show and we see <laughs> how I respond no, um, slash how we collectively agree or disagree with what you said. All right. So the situation is pick a Star Wars character and a New Year's resolution. You know that they won't keep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I could have a list of things that I know I won't keep, but um, all right. Andrew Staley's up at deuce underscore Staley. What up, Andrew? How's it going, yep. man? He said, Wicket, stop taking cookies from strangers. Not going to happen, pal. <laughs> that is the most adorable news. <laughs> That's the like cutest answer you could have given. <laughs> like I was expecting coming into this like, you know, hot topics that people put up like spicy takes and he's just like, stop taking cookies from strangers, Wicket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so adorable. Uh, like Justin Kylo Jones Ren promised not to kill dad. Yeah. 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 Uh, Justin Jones is up at Pirate JJ04, which Justin just won one of our prizes, I believe, recently. Congrats, Justin. He Yo-ho. said, C3PO to stop giving odds on anything. <laughs> <laughs> Shut him off. <laughs> That is on brand for C-3PO because he's always sort of like in totally. his own head for, for a droid. He's like very, very K2SO like, also. Very timid. It's very high. Yeah. 
Dakota's up. What up, Dakota? At D Latsusek12. Sorry, I totally slaughtered that. Um, we're back to normal. Uh, he said Sebulba's resolution was not to cheat in the next Bunta Eve classic. Well, we know that's not happening. Nice. <laughs> so as we continue on, remember that this is to pick a Star Wars character and a New Year's resolution that you know they won't keep. Brian Pothier at B Pothier. Brian, man, where have you been? Where has How's he been? Going? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, Brian said Dexter Jetster to wear pants that fit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, no way he pounds by belt. He did not wash those hands after picking up those pants and he pulled them up from the backside. That's all I'm going to say. And he has many hands that he doesn't clean. Probably he just, he's probably like, oh, I won't wash these ones, but I'll wash these ones. And you know, he just touches everything. Oh. Uh, Actually, Danny, that's a, that's a fair that's a fair assessment. Maybe he does only uses two hands for like touching his nose and stuff, but the other ones are always permanently clean. Like he looked pretty gross. I know yeah. he did, but I'm just he had like grease stains saying, and stuff. You like, might be able to rewatch the movie and also prove that wrong because he does like you know who Dexter is. This is a very deep cut. If you've ever seen the movie Road Trip, he's Horatio Sands' character in the diner. What's all I've not seen that movie. <laughs> I've seen it, but it was like 2000. Well, now people are going to go watch Road Trip instead of Tron. All right, moving on. Uh, Danny at Chibigon89. What up, Danny? She said, Kylo Ren, to finish what his grandfather started, parenthesis, IDK what it was, but good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> He really didn't do anything. What did he do? What did you do, Kylo? (laughs) It turned out he was talking to Sheevy Babes the whole time, though. Yeah, so he didn't do anything that he started because... I don't know. All right. Leia Space Buns at Leia Space Buns with two S's. What up, Leia Space Buns? I'm assuming it's a she. She said, or they said... Uh, Kylo's 2024 goal. Don't smash everything near me when I get mad. <laughs> oh. Lay Spaceman's was around a long time ago, wasn't it? This is a return. I think so. Welcome back. Uh, last but not least is Starlight Beacon Transmissions. Nice. A little High Republic call out there. At SB Transmissions. I believe they're a podcast as well. Uh, thank you for reaching out. They said Kylo. Or Sorry. Nope. I'm stuck on Kylo. Oh, oh, Kino Loy learning how to swim. Oh, <laughs> that's rough. Starlight Beacon. You oh. sound so optimistic with your title, and then you hit us with that. <laughs> yeah, it's a but beacon then, of hope. <laughs> but then also, what I know of the High, High Republic Starlight Beacon isn't that optimistic either. Well, Andy Circus said, you know, he's he's he said he's coming back. Yeah, he's but is it a flashback? Right? You know, he is confirmed. He said he's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, I think he's still in the prison, but maybe he like worked his way up or something. I mean, after everybody left, the rules change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But he did the speech. They know it's him. I still can't believe Andor, that whole prison situation, like, is such a true nightmare. Like, sometimes you think about, uh, you know, situations where the main character stuck somewhere and you're like, oh, they could get out this way or the like there was a moment there that I was like, how does he get out of this? This is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Like it was like one of those nightmares you have that you're like, this is terrible. Wake up, wake up, wake up. 
and then you finally wake up. Do you, um, oh, you know when you're in dreams? I never know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. Recently, I've been having very vivid ones. Um, and at one point, I'll just remember that it's a dream and I'll be like, wake up right now. And I wake if up. You, if you want to, you can start you can start that. It doesn't take much more than like a week or two to start learning how to control your dreams. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what do you do people learn not know that? <laughs> what? Is there a book? Was, yeah. <laughs> it's a technique. It's just a skill. It's like, it's called lucid dreaming. You just have to like, you have to have like a dream, like notebook. And then like, when you wake up, you like write down what you were dreaming. And mm -hmm. you also just learn like clues, like, um, like, uh, you want to look at clocks or you want to flip on light switches and things. There's like certain things that you can do. And then when you're thinking about those things pretty regularly for about two weeks, then when you're dreaming, those are the thoughts that are in your dreams because your brain is processing them. It, it's not really hard, but you can get to a point where like, you know, the triggers like you like you go over, you flip the light switch and you're like, yep, lights did not turn on. So I am dreaming. And then when you know you're dreaming, you can start to then work on controlling it. Sounds like Inception, but also James, it sounded like a really bad webinar that you were like, for seven nine <laughs> seventy nine ninety nine, you yeah. can you too can dreams. start controlling your dreams. Yeah, that's why it, I laughed because you were like, you could start that tomorrow, and I'm like, my, my thing. They, they never tell you thing. actually how or what the product is. And you're like eight minutes <laughs> right. in, you're like, why am I still watching this? Yeah, you too I work for a company called control. Lucid, but nobody knows what we do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I'm gonna I just dream find, tonight. I find it interesting that it's that easy to do something like crazy. Like I'm gonna have a dream tonight. Like I'm gonna weeks. go to I'm gonna go to turn the light switch off. I'm gonna get electrocuted and die. That's what's gonna happen. You can't die in your dreams. Yeah, it, but but see, if you knew that it was a dream, you could just come back. What but if Lucasfilm's writing my dreams? But that's a known thing. You can't die in your dreams. Oh, in my dreams. They say that if you die in your dreams, you die in real life. Right, but like, how would that happen? How how could you die in your dreams? Like, what would what would even? I don't know, but nobody's ever died in their dreams. Someone hmm. tell me that they've died in their dream. No one's ever died in their dreams. But, but you too can control your dreams for just no. seven nine 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 a three part course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's anyway, enough. back to you, John. All right. Thank you for everyone who submitted those uh, resistance transmissions. They were. A little delayed because of uh, we had all that major news last week. We'll probably get back to Ask the Resistance next week, but we always love doing resistance transmissions. So we may pop them back on Mondays. Um, we'll see. But they are always fun. But thank you to everybody for also listening and watching and, and being part of uh, TRB. We love having you. We are so glad that you take the time to listen or watch our shows. It means a great deal to us. And just a reminder, two episodes a week, Mondays, and Thursdays with TRB Live. And uh, if you're just catching the show late or what have you, uh, it will hit your podcast apps in the wee hours of the morning, typically after we wrap all of our recordings. But however you support us, thank you all so much. Uh, make sure you are subscribed. You rate us on your favorite podcast apps and spread the word. Tell your friends. That's the main way we grow. So if you know someone who likes Star Wars, just take a second, let them know about us. All they have to do is Google the Resistance Broadcast and they can find us. Um, a special thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. If you want to see Lacey Gillerin go on a bit of a rant, uh, then that's the place to go because coming up on Tuesday, 
It's a spicy one from Lacey on our poll chat. But go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and tier start at just five bucks uh, and you're going to uh, support us, but also get a lot of additional content. We have bonus episodes, um, uh, polls, commentaries, a Discord server, a lot of great stuff over there, and obviously early access to a lot of our public stuff as well. Uh, and a special thank you to the generals and spice runners of our Patreon. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Ronde, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, and Dave Hornack, and the spice runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and the Fort Worthian. And all of our patrons, all of our supporters, all of our listeners, however you take on TRB, thank you so much. Make sure you are following us on social media at TRB Podcast. That includes Threads and Blue Sky, whichever one's going to win that battle. Uh, and then for me, Johnny Hoey on social media and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. Uh, I'm doing American Pie next. Love that movie. Uh, James, how about you? Uh, everybody can find me on social media at Myra Trunks. And... Lacey Gillerin. People can find me on social media at Lacey Gillerin and on TikTok at It's Lacey Gillerin. And I am currently rooting for the Chiefs and I love Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and Jason Kelsey, but supposedly he's retiring. So we'll see how that goes. Big football fan. Football. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you are in the cold climates like the three of us are, stay warm and. Uh, have a, have a great time, and we'll see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids.